0: You've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton.
1: And welcome to another thrilling episode of the Paranoia Podcast. I am Olaf Phillips. And I'm Ron Pat.
2: Only a slight delay that time, Ron. (laughs) Well, normally you say I'm publisher and owner of Paranoia Magazine, so... Oh, right, right. Hold
1: hold on. I'm the publisher and owner of Paranoia Magazine and all-around conspiracy dude, Olaf Phillips.
2: Ron. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Paranoia Magazine.
1: Said magazine. Um, So... Uh, we took a little break for Thanksgiving. We're back. Um, I'm working on some new concept art for the podcast. Um, I hope you've seen it on Facebook. It's a tad bit retro. Um, I was just talking to our dear friend, Mr. Lobo, about uh, modifying our intro. Uh, I figure it's time to mix it up a little bit um, and uh, get, maybe possibly get some Orson Welles in there. Uh, there okay. That'd be nice. Whom I love. Change of pace. That would be nice. Change of pace. Uh, We are working on the winter issue. Uh, As we speak, we have articles. Um, We are going to have some rhymy stuff coming from Are You Serious, the uh, publisher of Mondo 2000. Uh, He has agreed to give us some rhymy stuff uh, for the magazine, which I think is awesome and amazing. If you guys know who he is, uh, he was real big in the cyberpunk culture. And I am working hard to try to convince him to come on the podcast uh, and talk about cyberpunk culture and how that all went down in the late 80s and the early 90s. So stay tuned for that. Um, we've released some more books. We've got some more books in the queue we're working on. Well, what uh, books? What are the and, new books that are out? Well, um, there's a book that, that is a definitive guide to secret societies uh, that was published in 1875 and it is a two-volume set. Uh, I just completed volume one, and it is an exhaustive look at secret societies that existed at that time. So you've got the Illuminati, the Templars, the Masons, the Rosicrucians, and it's a very deep dive into, into these different groups. Um, that's up on Amazon, uh, watch for that. Um, it's pretty cool, it is there now, um, but I will be putting up links And again, we're working on the winter issue. So we have very, uh, we got to get on the ball tonight. Uh, We have a very cool guest. Um, I will let him introduce himself, Uh, Jason.
3: Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Uh, I'm doing okay. Good.
3: good. Well, uh, um, yeah, I'll introduce myself. Um, Okay. My name is uh, Jason Quitt and I'm a uh, researcher in consciousness. I'm a uh, graduate of the Institute of Energy Wellness um, and I've worked in shamanism. So right now I'm just um, you know working with uh, different uh, modalities and working on some documentaries on consciousness and um, also working on some other projects to do with uh, the medical uh, care system.
1: Very interesting. So now now, now consciousness—that's that's a very broad topic. Um, <laughs> I think our, it was our last podcast we had uh, the geos on, and they were they were talking about some some consciousness stuff that they had done on the Giza Plateau. So, <clears throat> what what part of it? What's your field within the consciousness research world that you're focusing on?
3: Well, actually, um, I've been an experiencer uh, my whole life of, I would say, uh, paranormal phenomenon, outer body experience, and um, different types of, um, I'll say, astral travel into different parallel realities or throughout space and time. So really, I'm just trying to figure out uh, all the pieces, which is extremely difficult. And, you know, every year, I think I have a a different idea of what's going on. (laughs) So for me, everything is always evolving and changing. And I'm just trying to really understand what's happening with me. And it's, you know, this is a worldwide phenomenon, I don't think. Uh, What I'm experiencing is um, unique. I think it's very common happening to many people around the planet. And I think it's just passed off as dreams or hallucinations or part of, you know, the devil. You know, these are the explanations we're given or we're just crazy. But I think that there's a, a very deep level of understanding that comes with exploring these territories. And I think it's about time that uh, people start talking openly about what um, is going on with them and uh, try to get to the bottom of it.
2: Right. So do you feel that we're, we're at a period in time right now where consciousness has kind of hit a plateau um, in terms of other people kind of basically feeling the same thing on uh, higher on a higher frequency level.
3: Um, actually, I think that um, nothing has changed. I, th- okay. I think that we have uh, had experiences like this throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are you know saying that uh, we're coming into a place of ascension, right? Um, where the energies of the planet are changing, and you know the energies of the planet will always change. Every day will be a different energy and frequency. Um, I think that we've just been um, traumatized for thousands and thousands of years. Um, anytime we even got close to these subjects, um, we would be um, you know, told that this is uh, not part of the religious practice or even, you know, they would torture you and kill you for Talking about things that are outside of uh, current belief systems. Mm -hmm. It's only recently um, It's only it it, only recently maybe 50 60 years um, Where people started to get a little more open with it. I think it happened around the 60s and then uh, With the internet now tons of people are sharing so more and more people are getting so there is this momentum of people Ah, uh, talking about this subject and openly expressing themselves, which I think in the past was something that was just you know kept deep down inside and never expressed.
2: Mm-hmm. So do you think our um, spiritual development basically has been stymied or obscured by a lot of man-made religious belief systems and concepts?
3: That's what I um personally believe. You know, um, there's this concept of um, something called the Ascended Master, and they will talk about different beings like Buddha and Jesus um, who have ascended. Um, I think every single generation, there are uh, beings or or humans that have reached some level of attainment in a spiritual nature that we would call enlightenment or uh, ascension. But I think we have the, the definitions very mixed up. You know, Ascension is not like a rapture-like event where, you know, suddenly you're going to be lifted into another dimension and never coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe uh, what Ascension's true definition is, is just the expansion of awareness into a multidimensional state. So being able to see or become aware outside of the physical dimension.
2: Right, right. Well, I, I grew up Catholic, and uh, I just always remember being very fearful as a child. Like if I didn't go to church or didn't go through uh, confession or whatever, I felt really bad, and that God was going to punish me. And uh, that kind of carried on, too, when I became a evangelical Christian. You know, I, I had this very profound fear, and I had... Uh, Anxiety disorder, basically. Then once I just got to the point where it's like, you know what? I really don't know. I'm not really sure, and I don't really have to adhere to any religious belief system. And there was such a uh, burden lifted off of my shoulders, and you know, my mind was a lot more clear. And uh, it was okay that I I didn't know. <laughs> yeah example. so, yeah, that was a that was a big uh, sort of like an epiphany to where I just felt that, you know, I can just be really who I am and let the universe reveal to me what what's
3: true and what's not. Exactly. And I think, you know, to use fear and to also uh, put a belief system or program uh, within a child at a very early age it really sets them up for the rest of their life. It sets you know, their mind into, okay, this is the reality we need to go forward in. My parents believe this. The grandparents believe this. And it goes back thousands of years. So I can't step out of line or else I'm going to get smacked by the thing that they fear. Mm-hmm. And you know that when you start to, um, I would say, rebel against uh, your parents' belief systems, your grandparents' belief systems. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge insult to the family. I mean, they they take it so personally. And what you're really doing is just kind of breaking a program, breaking the mold and saying, you know what, Um, this doesn't really make sense to my spirit, doesn't make sense to my soul, and... You know, how do we progress outside of this? And I think this is what a lot of people are doing. But then again, you know, they're going into a new religion, which is, you know, what we call the New Age religion.
0: Right. Right.
3: Which is, I would say, almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say um, the New Age religion is, is, is almost a form of escapism. It's a way of actually just shutting out anything that we deem negative and saying it doesn't exist in our minds. And if mm-hmm. we meditate, meditate hard enough, you know, we'll change the world, <laughs> you know? So it's actually um, action through inaction,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, which I also think is very dangerous as well. So I don't really think that route is the right route to go as well. But it's where we kind of step into once we make that break. We're going from one religion to the next, and then we'll figure out, you know what, um, the truth is you have to be literally empty. And, you know, I'm going to use that word empty, uh, just like you used it uh, earlier, is that um, when you are empty and you're not really pulled by these programs or these belief systems, um, suddenly you get into this, Rhythm this other thing starts to come into play, which is this natural um, You can call it a universal rhythm Mm -hmm. but um, You get guided and you get into this flow of consciousness and awareness and you see that um, Things will start to activate within you you can call it psychic abilities or gifts, but you know um, even earlier tonight when I thought of you Ron like when I when I thought of you, you messaged me within the, the second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we're all connected in this field
2: mm-hmm. and,
3: um, you know, our minds are not contained within our brains and our in our physical bodies. Um, our mind is is literally a field of awareness and it's connected to the Earth's electromagnetic field and then the Earth's electromagnetic fields connected to the sun And so on and so on. So when you start to dissolve some of these barriers Mm
0: -hmm.
3: of of these beliefs and programs uh, you start to tap into this kind of uh, Call it archaic mind or archaic consciousness, which is um, a state of consciousness that I think human beings are um, naturally supposed to be in as in the state of consciousness we're in today which is taken thousands of years of programming and belief systems is an artificial consciousness. So I know, um, your friend, um, Clyde Lewis, you know, I wrote a book about artificial intelligence, right? Right. I think, I think that the mind that the human race has developed into today is um, an artificial type of intelligence and consciousness that has been constructed over these thousands of years.
2: Yeah, as a matter of fact, didn't Chris and Cherie Gio talk about that, Olaf,
1: in the show a couple weeks ago? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Okay, so, you know, through time, various uh, illuminated masters have come along. Jesus, Buddha, Allah, Confucius, whoever. These people have come along, and they've they've preached this idea that, that you can ascend, Right, and they've achieved ascension of some sort, right? But it seems like every time these people come along, that although the teachings persist, that there are dogmatic structures that are are wrapped around those teachings, that that kind of distract people from the teachings themselves, and they start to push them in an, in a different direction. You know, you you could you could use an example of success theology. So on one hand, you have the te- the original teachings of, of Jesus as one of these the potential ascended masters. And he he's out there with the poor, and he's helping the poor and the destitute. And he's, you know, he's making fish appear out of nowhere to feed the, the homeless and the helpless. And now, you know, 2000 years later, you have people saying, you have people like Creflo dollar saying well jesus told me that i need a you know a multimillion dollar gulfstream 5 because you can't witness in in coach right that if 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 god calls me and i'm on i'm on an airplane in coach i can't get into the aisle way and say oh i'm witnessing i'm witnessing i need to do that on a private plane and i think my favorite example of that is, is marjo gortner he was a very famous child uh, preaching prodigy, so to speak. And he was very active in the 50s, in the 60s, in tent revivals. And he actually made a documentary in the 70s called Marjo. And he, he laid it all out. He went out and he did these tent res- revivals and they're showing him. He, he's like, he tells the cameraman, hey, watch this. And he's got these these grocery bags. And this is 70s, so they're paper bags. And he starts tipping them over and dumping them out on, on the, the bed. And it's just mounds of cash. And he's talking to these, these guys, and they're telling him about these coffee plantations that they had bought in Central and South America and how they're making all this money and whatever. And, and it struck me that, that the although the teaching is there, right, that the, these ascended masters, for let's argue that they are ascended, These Ascended Masters come out and they say, okay, this is what you do. This is how you do it and this is what will happen. And then what happens is these dogmatic structures are wrapped around it. And then eventually they're shifted, you know, and, and they're used as new forms of control. So I think what I'm really wondering is that the message never seems to persist. And I wonder why that is. And I wonder what is... What is the end game aside from greed and avarice? What is the end game for these constant dogmatic structures to be built up around these teachings so that they get lost? Is there an organized element to it, right? Yeah. uh, What's the end game?
3: Well, there's definitely an organized element. We call it organized religion just like organized crime or you know but um here's the thing these messages these teachings these um these things that come to us either when we're meditating or just pondering um life or even just sleeping we can get these visions messages dreams and it seems like It will never leave the human race. It's almost like there's an instruction manual of, um, you can call it universal ascension. Um, It's in us. It's connected to us. It'll never leave us. So there will be always people on this planet that will come forward with this type of information on how to proceed or the process of awakening or uh, the true state of nature of being but then you get these people that will use that information to draw you in like a crowd because you know everybody is searching everybody's searching for some truth their truth and um we're used to gathering in communities we're used to sharing and it's very easy to pick up people when we're saying guess what i have the ultimate truth but only if you come and sign up with my club then i'll slowly teach it to you Mm -hmm. and that is for sure a manipulation and there are many um, teachers right now who claim to be masters um, all over the world and this is what people have to really be careful of is if you hear these so-called masters say I'm the only person that can give you this information, Mm -hmm. I'm the only person that can activate you, or I'm the only person connected to these beings. They will only work through me. Um, If you hear that type of lingo, then you know immediately that this is a control type group. And they're not in it for you and your ascension, they're in it for their own personal gains. Mm And your example was perfect, was, you know, I can't receive the message of God unless I'm flying in my private jet. Right. You know, there are people that are so fearful uh, with their beliefs and their religions that they would literally help whoever that is to get them that money because they think oh, that. Oh, we'll... <laughs>
1: Because. They did. They bought them a Gulfstream Five oh, because apparently God. when you're in coach. Apparently when you're in coach, you can't receive messages from God in coach. It's not part, you know, you have to be at least economy plus.
3: It's a, it's stunning. It's really stunning that,
1: that,
3: but you know, people, I don't know if this is just thousands of years of programming or the fear aspect of it, Mm -hmm. but you know, if you come from a state of, um, I am better than you type of attitude. And, you know, just like a doctor or a surgeon, they'll wear like a white uh, robe or like a king, like anybody who's wearing like a specific thing and saying, I have this connection that you don't, there are people that will flock to that, trying to figure out how do I become that or how do I serve that to bring meaning to my own life? So it's very easy to manipulate people when you're coming from a state of, I have all the answers, follow me which is (laughs) this tailspin of consciousness that we've been in for thousands of years.
1: So so given, given that most paths to this consciousness awakening lead toward these dogmatic structures, right? Mm -hmm. To not single, I'll single, single out Creflo dollar all day long because I just, I have a problem with Creflo dollar, but you know, he's, he's just one of them. They're, they come in every style in every religion, but given that the most paths lead to the, to the dogmatic structure, how does one unlock these innate abilities within themselves? Because even in a book, I go to the bookstore mm-hmm. and I buy a book and it says, it says, oh, if you want to ascend, do this, right? It's like remote viewing. If I want to you know i mean i i downloaded the cia manual because that's me but if if i want you know if i want to do remote viewing i think fi- you know i figure it's the government they spent millions of dollars on it SRI was involved you know somebody somewhere figured some shit out so i'll, I'll you know i tried the cia method you know how put off and all that but if if i go to the bookstore and i pick this book and it says if you you know, it's like the dummy's guide to ascension. If you do these 20 things, then you'll ascend. And I go, okay. So I sit down. I'm like, I'm going to dedicate this weekend to ascending to the higher dimension or whatever. So I, I buy the book. I read it. I go, I go through it systematically. I do it atomically because that's how I am. And I go through every step. And at the end of the 20, I'm like, okay, I'm still here. How okay. You, I mean, how, how do you fight that, right? How, how do you do it? The, The natural way to, you know, the chances of me ascending, I suspect, are somewhat low because I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm pessimistic and paranoid and overly
2: skeptical. But
3: But what's your definition? But what's your definition of ascension? That's the thing. You know, I think it's different for
1: everybody. And that's what I like about what you're saying is that you, you seem to be going down this path of jettison the dogma there's some There's some way that you can just do this yourself. Mm-hmm. and And I like that, because I think that if it's possible, that's the way it's going to happen. It's going to happen organically
3: exactly. Right. exactly. So we're on our own time frame. And here this is an example I want to give you because like like I said before, I am an experiencer, so I have had these sure. incredible things happen to me. So for example, one of the highest experiences I've ever had was this, um, I'll I'll call it an expansion of awareness where my whole body just exploded into this fire. It's the only way I could describe it. It was this extremely powerful fire and it shot out of my body and it went to all reaches of all I could assume is the universe or dimensions or whatever. And at that moment, my awareness was, I am this fire and I am literally touching everything of creation. I know everything. I feel everything. All time and space is within me. So that's the awareness I was in. And then get sucked back into my body. You know, you're kind of like really kind of high off that experience for a good couple of days. But then after that, you know, you're still you. Uh, you still have to pay your taxes. And if you have a flat tire, you're going to have to change it. <laughs> you know? So you could have these completely transcendental um, experiences where you are um, no longer you. You have lost yourself and you are the greater thing, whatever that greater thing is. And, you know, you come back and you're human again. I'm Jason. I'm still, you know, I still have to pay my mortgage <laughs> and put fuel in my car. But, you know, there's some people that an angel will visit them one night. will call it an angel.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They'll get a message and suddenly they're on the streets with a sign. The end is near and I receive messages from the Lord. And their whole life has changed. So it's like it really depends on the person and um, I would say their upbringing, their belief systems, because there's this other thing happening. There's this other phenomenon happening. It's happening all over the world. And we have to explain this. We really have to explain this. Um, We're getting beings that come to people um, who claim to be angels or ascended masters who claim to have a message just for this person. And usually this message is, you know, um, they're very special and that they're going to help bring in this new humanity and um, they're going to unlock their birth certificate and have billions of dollars to give to charities next week.
1: <laughs> I've dealt with that person,
3: yes. Okay. i talked
1: to a person just like that
3: this is this is actually extremely common. So this is an actual phenomenon of of beings coming to people, taking a form of something that they would believe in, like an ascended master or um, an angel or an something. Angel. Yeah. yeah and basically telling Alien. them whatever, telling yeah. them, you're going to win the lottery. <laughs> go out tomorrow at this time buy it from here and you're rich. So it's like you have these experiences like like I'm speaking of of these transcendental experiences or gathering this knowledge of of self of self and universe and your place in nature mm-hmm. right which is very uplifting and expanding to be a better person and then on the opposite end You have these beings saying to you, basically, garbage. Right. You know.
2: tickling your ear, basically, making you feel special.
3: Right. And it hurts these people. I can't stress that enough. It hurts these people. So what is happening? What is going on? And why is this happening? So this is what I'm really interested in right now, because um, I think the spiritual world, the interdimensional world, um, even the earth planes that we live on right now, I don't think we know really much about any of it. And we're less than children trying to figure it out. And you have consciously aware beings in other dimensions or other states of being or awareness that come around and say look at these humans we could definitely get away with this because they don't know what's going on
1: (laughs) well that's an argument i mean there's a a famous science science fiction movie called forbidden planet
3: Mm.
1: and and the interesting thing about that in context to what you're saying is that there was this race of beings and they had they had worked very hard to stamp out war and to stamp out homelessness and all these problems that we have. And they eventually got to a point where they were able to extract the badness of themselves because, you know, for my 10 cents, everybody has a, there's a duality to every person. There is the good person and good natured person who would help anybody. And then there's not. And this is the idea of the id, the, the ego, and the superego, right? And what these guys had done in the, the film is that they were able to extract the id out of themselves. The problem was is that in the method that they used to extract the id, that they had basically built an id monster, and the id monster effectively destroyed their entire culture. That they, they, It exterminated them. And and I, I think the lesson, if there is one, to a 1950 science fiction movie, was that the the ego, and the super ego exist in all all people and all things, and mm-hmm. you can't you can't have the, the the good person without the bad person, and it's the fight. It's to to me, as an individual, it's the fight between the good and the bad that leads you toward that ascension. And, and, you know, Ron rightly points out that I'm, I'm the more skeptical of the duo. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I myself have had glimpses of these things that you talk about. You know, when I was a kid, I remember vividly, I was in the back of the car bored out of my skull and I fell asleep and I had a very clear dream of driving down the road. I mean, it was just stupid Uh, driving down the road, and we were on a trip, and I remember very vividly seeing a road sign. And I woke up and got back to playing with my G.I. Joes, and I thought, oh, whatever, I had a weird dream that was kind of pointless. And about 10 minutes later, I saw the road sign, and I saw everything the way that it was supposed to be, that I had a precognitive dream of driving down the road. Now, I wish I could have that to win the lottery, but I had it driving down the road. That's happened a few times in my life. One time in my life, I attempted to do remote viewing, and I was able to accurately find where my co-parent had hidden the keys to the car. I had an out-of-body experience at one point. So, although I am skeptical, I do I do buy into what you're saying. I think the thing that that I I struggle with is is the the method by which to get there that I don't that's that's the nut to crack and and I do I do totally buy into what you're saying that there's this larger uh ecology out in the universe and the dimensional planes where there are other things that we don't understand and those other things have a different perspective and those those things may be manipulating people yeah. You can call them whatever you want, but I, I I believe that I believe in what you're saying. So
3: exactly, and I want to actually add to to what you just said, which is very important, is that um, you know if you're watching the community online, you know it's a battle between light and dark, you know, yeah. and um, they're saying you know part of this ascension is to get rid of the bad, and you know going back to that example, it destroyed them right to get rid of the bad um if okay let's just do a hypothetical let's say tomorrow you wake up and the world is completely changed it's basically paradise there is no negative evil bad nothing it's completely happiness and joy and anything you want is manifested instantly you become stagnant Right. There, There is no movement, you know. So having conflict in your life um, gives you experience and knowledge to move forward. So conflict or negative things that happen is opportunity for growth and learning. And I think this is what actually pushes us through that ascension and through our evolution is the experiences of all those things that are pushing us towards our growth and experience
1: Mm -hmm. well there is a there is an evolutionary fact you know to what you're saying the the tool tool usage you know came about when larger groups started to coalesce and you know the subsistence patterns of our ancient 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 ancestors that they, they had to figure out new ways to harvest crops or new ways to, to produce food because they were starting to gather in larger groups. So, you know, the, it was strife that, that pushed them forward. You know, yeah. it's overpopulation that will push us into space. It's not just because we want to go.
3: And uh, I have a theory about this and this goes to um, you know you trying to access these gifts. Um, I really believe that what we call psychic abilities and gift and gifts is nothing more than survival mechanisms that are part of us. That's all they are. They're survival mechanisms. And when we were, let's say, early humans uh, living in the jungles uh, in very small groups, Uh, with no real larger community, um, we needed precognition, we needed dreams, we needed that psychic connection to the plant world, to the animal world, to communicate with them for our survival. And once we started to move out of the jungle and get into these groups and become more protected, build walls around us, that's when those survival mechanisms started to shut down. Now, many people that go through traumatic experiences, like near-death experiences or um, traumatic experiences, those are the people that usually have this awakening of psychic abilities and gifts. So why is it the traumatized? And this is what they did in the CIA and and the mind control stuff. They traumatize you. Why do they traumatize you? Because you're activating very archaic survival mechanisms that every single person has and that's what I really believe now I don't know what I'll believe next year but that's where my knowledge has taken me exactly the journey
1: the one the one question I have though is that you know you you touched upon the the negative entities that exist wherever they exist multi-dimensionally or different vibrations or whatever is, do you believe that in, in your experiences, do you believe that, that those entities that there is an organized uh, attempt for them to intervene in, uh, in a, the day to day goings on in our, our little, our little mud ball in space?
3: I would say there's uh, definitely different classes of beings and certain uh, types of beings would be very invested in what you're saying. Um, What I've been dealing with for the past couple of years, um, it's been very, very interesting for me because I'm kind of getting a different perspective and, you know, I haven't really come to the conclusion yet, but I'll tell you what I'm feeling about these entities is that these entities are actually fragmented pieces of ourselves. Something has happened to um, our consciousness or spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it. Uh, And it's a trauma has fragmented us. And that piece of our soul or or essence is now its own being. And that being, let's say that being was created out, out of anger or Something or some type of traumatic event that Mm -hmm. essence will grow with that energy until it becomes like a demon or like these things. So, let's say I get woken up in the middle of the night and there's this dark entity and it's like crushing me, you know, you can't breathe. Instead of like fighting it, because I used to fight these things, I used to just like try to battle this, you know, like everything's a battle. But I've changed. Instead of battling it, I now embrace it and I send it energy and I try to work with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling like this experience happened to me like a couple months ago and it freaking blew me away because I wasn't expecting it to happen. It was this very big entity. It was very dark and it was, it was almost like it was wrapped around me and crushing me. And I was just Send, I was praying, sending mantras, sending energy, um, you know, sacred tones. And I like dissolved it off of me until it was standing in the room. And I'd st- I was doing more mantras and sending energy to it. And suddenly it turned instantly from this big dark shadow thing. It turned to this person I knew. It was a person I knew and they were on the floor crying and I saw what happened to them. I got a vision of what happened to this part of them. And I realized that this was a broken, hurt piece of this person that needed to be healed. And then it could be integrated back into that person's energy because it was attached to me for some reason. You know, So it, it, it's becoming almost like this shamanic journey where you're doing these uh, healings of these entities, and you actually take these soul fragments back within you. And it's this, I'll all the only way I could describe it is, again, a a transcendental experience when you take these pieces and put them back inside your body. It's like that Kundalini fire awakening throughout you. Um, It's like you've accomplished something when you do this.
2: Crazy. Hey, um, so I was thinking about some of those uh, things that sort of stymie or prohibit our, our spiritual growth on a holistic level. And, you know, some of those things are pretty obvious, whether they're our diet, um, addictions that we might have. How how can we get past those things to be able to develop spiritually? Because I know that, you know, I hear a lot of people say, Oh, I'm a healer. I do this. I, I do that, but it, it, they just don't really show it on a very practical level. You know, well, I'm I'm- it's just, it's well. frustrating because you want to you know show love to them and, and, you know, but at the same time you want to be upfront and you, it's, it's sort of like, Okay, you're saying you're healing, you're a healer. Who are you healing? Have you healed yourself? <laughs> you know, so that's, that's what frustrates me is I see a lot of these people, whether they're in the New Age movement or whatever. Uh, so what do you say to that?
3: Well, <laughs> you're speaking my language because, you know, you can go right now And pay $500 for a weekend workshop and leave with a certificate saying you're a master in something right you know but you've done no work on yourself Mm -hmm. and i believe that um, the people that are drawn to being healers are the ones that actually need the most healing you know so they really have to work on themselves first and uh, this is a a teaching that i Was brought up with that you know, you don't do any type of healing with anybody until you get to a level where um, you've taken yourself, you know, or else you can't really help anybody, you know. And uh, sorry, the the question was really long. Can Can you remind me what the beginning of the question was?
2: Well, it just seems like there's a lot of things that stymie or prohibit our spiritual growth, and you know.
0: Oh, on, a yes, holistic,
2: yes. on a holistic level, so it's diet and exercise, mm-hmm. meditation, is- but the, the addiction is what gets me. Why people have certain addictions and they can't get past them.
3: Well, this is my the answer that was given to me, and um, I really like this answer, so I'm going to share it with all of you. Um, basically what they said is that there is a universal flow or a universal energy that's supposed to move through every single living thing that exists. So we have this flow of energy that goes through us. Um, Once that flow of energy starts to um, die down or get blocked or get, um, or pool and stagnant, Mm -hmm. um, you start to crave a source of energy, you need energy to survive. So where else can we receive energy from? Well, you receive energy from addictions and obsessions. So it's this never-ending battle where you need that energy intake, be it food, be it alcohol, be it cigarettes, uh, be it anything, even like playing on the internet is an addiction. It's, right. a, it's a source of energy that you could pull mm-hmm. that frequency from. You know. So what I was taught was that Instead of um, looking at the addiction, look at what's causing the addiction, which is not being connected to the natural flows of the universe around you. Mm -hmm. So that's where you get into the practices of meditation or the practices of Qigong or breathing or just going for walks in forests and grounding yourself, trying to open up the energy system again to receive that natural flow of energy so that you won't need that energy fix of an obsession and 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 an addiction sorry it's late here
2: (laughs) understand yeah it's really difficult in the the society that we live in today being that uh you know a lot of us live in the cities and uh you know we don't take care of ourselves like we should but uh we really need to take some time out and get back with nature, take our shoes off, get grounded in the soil. And uh, I know that helps me when I make that time. But it's just to kind of keep it going, though, too. You know, I want to be in a constant state of rejuvenation, not just like, you know, feeling good for a little while, like you were saying earlier, and then you kind of take a step back because you got to deal with reality. And uh, the thing that I'm really conscious of is sort of like this electromagnetic smog that we live in today. And uh, I think that has a, a lot to do with how people are
3: feeling as well. What do you say to that? Well, um, Nikola Tesla, which I'm uh, very connected to, mm-hmm. um, just because I do a lot of research on him, not like a spiritual connection, but he uh, found out that the mind. Uh, works at the same frequency, the same hertz as the ionosphere of the Earth. And that if you could manipulate and alter the ionosphere of the Earth, change its frequency, you can alter and change the mind of humanity. And he actually stepped away from that because he knew that, you know, what harm could come if you start playing around with those forces. Well, if you stick a meter up in the air, an antenna and listen to all the uh, radio frequency uh, EMF ELF all the things that's in the atmosphere right now it just sounds like noise it literally sounds like noise because almost every frequency is being pumped into that mind of the earth and this has only been happening for you know the past um, I'll say 70 years and you know it's gotten really bad over the past 20 years how is this going to change humanity you know we really don't know because in the millions of years of existence on this planet this has never happened we have never artificially put this type of electro smog into the mind of the earth which is our mind so no wonder we feel disconnected no wonder we feel crazy no wonder we feel sick and tired is because I think the electromagnetic spectrum that we're receiving is, I think it's a couple million times above background radiation. It's a million times greater than what we're used to. And every year they slowly raise that frequency more and more, and now they're rolling out 5G. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're talking gigahertz when they say G. You know, it's not hertz anymore, it's gig- gigahertz, and it's in the microwave band. And it's at the level just below where it starts to oscillate the water molecules and microwave you like an actual microwave. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: It's just below that limit where if you don't feel your body getting hot, then it's safe, which is complete and utter garbage. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's something It's just very disheartening because it's like, what can you do to mitigate or offset the effects of all that electromagnetic smog? I mean, plus the fact that they're, they've been using harp, you know, for the past yeah. 15 to 20 years, and they're messing with the ionosphere on that level as well. So it's, al- it's almost like hopeless in a way, but at the same time, you know, there's always hope.
3: There's always answers. Right. And the actual counter to these frequencies is creating the right frequencies. So we actually have to use and create magnetic fields Mm -hmm. in specific ranges, and I'll call them uh, ion resonance ranges of magnetic fields, which Mm -hmm. is very low frequency electromagnetic fields between 0.1 and 50 microteslas. And if you could surround yourself in those type of electromagnetic fields, it will actually mitigate a lot of the problems that these very high frequencies are doing to us. Interesting.
2: Well, we only have a few minutes left, so I I wanted you to get into your uh, documentary
3: that you're making. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Sure. Um, The website is called intothevoid.movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a project I started with a team uh, of friends, actually in Tokyo. And it's a uh, it's a whole film crew that uh, does um, what is it called uh, computer animation, and uh, they do very high end filming uh, for for movies and for commercials. And what we're doing is uh, we've created this project for experiencers, basically traveling around the world, talking to different people that have had these experiences of near death experiences, outer body experiences, ghosts, paranormal, remote viewing, um, time travel, just different things, precognition that, um, like I said, is, it's a natural thing. It, it happens to uh, most people here and there growing up. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to take the taboo nature and the religious dogmas out of it. So we're just all truth seekers. We're just trying to express um, experiences that happen to us that need to be talked about, need to be explained or researched in a way. And the beautiful thing about talking about this subject and even making a documentary about it is that... um, like, I could, be at, I could be sitting at a table with a person. I have no idea who they are. Um, they could be from China or Mexico or South America. And I can say to them, oh, I'm doing a documentary on um, sleep paralysis, for example. And, uh, you know, when you get frozen in bed and there's a being standing in the room and this person that I have no idea who they are, their jaw drops and they say, oh, my God, that happened to me. And I've never told anybody, you know, I was, I Mm -hmm. I was, I was in California and I was sitting at a table with, um, a bunch of people and they were in their like eighties. Like it was just, and I, I told them what I was doing and this, this old man came up to me afterwards and, and grabbed me and said, um, I had a heart attack and died and I left my body and, um, I never told anybody, but. You know, I saw the doctors, I heard what they were saying. I went through the hospital and I came back. So Mm -hmm. keep doing what you're doing because people need to know about this. They're afraid to talk about it. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: And there's so many people out there. So uh, we've given this project um, a pretty good uh, start and we're going to be filming for the next year. So we still have a lot of uh, people to interview and places to go uh, because we're not just doing it locally in the States. Um, we're going to be talking to people. We're going to Mexico. We're going to South America. We're going to Canada, U.S., uh, Tokyo. Um, so we're doing a lot of shoots in different locations to uh, meet these people with the same stories across the world. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Olaf,
2: you have anything you'd like to add?
1: No, no. I just I found it to be very interesting. Um, why don't you give everybody. Aside from the the uh, Into the Void movie, is there are there any other places where people can find out more about what you're doing?
3: Sure, um, my website is called thecrystalsun.com. That's the thecrystalsun, com. Obviously, there's crystals on that website. I do sell crystals, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have uh, my books, which is uh, Forbidden Knowledge: Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. Uh, Egyptian Postures of Power and the Yosef Codes uh, Sacred Geometry Mandalas. Um, You could also follow me on Twitter, uh, Jason underscore Quit, I believe, Q-U-I-T-T. And you can find me on Facebook. Um, You know, I'm not really pushing anything really. Um, (laughs) You know, I just enjoy social media and I enjoy sharing whatever I find. You know, if it's uh, good or bad, I'll Talk about it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, you were at uh, Seti Ranch uh, several months ago, weren't you?
3: Yes, I was there with um, the Soul Tech people with Jimmy Church, and um, yeah, I I love going out to Yisseti. It's it's like the best summer camp for adults. <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> it's <is laughs> a weird place. It's, yeah. a, it's a weird place.
3: I've had some crazy experiences there, and. Oh. So many people do. And I, I truly believe the reason that place is so special is because there's volcanic activity under the ground. There's some huge electromagnetic fields coming through that earth, mm-hmm. uh, which will cause disturbances. And it'll alter um, space and time where we'll see different multidimensional things and have experiences. I think that's the reason that place is so special. Right,
2: so they're like oh, yes. uh, ley lines or vortexes, or yeah.
3: Something. yeah,, oh, yeah, very powerful there. So I would call that a a hot spot where you can see clearly through the veils, and that's why you can see all those UFOs flying around and bigfoot yeah
1: i've never I've never been to a place where in one weekend, I saw an aurora plane, I saw a bunch of black budget planes fly over my head. I saw a vortex open in midair like a Stargate looking vortex. I saw the hanger I saw a hangar door open in the side of a mountain and stuff going in and out of it. And I saw Bigfoot. I (laughs) one weekend. And I didn't take any drugs. No drugs.
3: I didn't even drink. You know, don't give drugs a bad name. They're just it's just chemistry altering your perception. That's all it is.
1: (laughs) Well as as a podcast, we can we can knock
3: evil ingestion. I'm, I'm just with, I'm just playing with I'm just playing with. Although Ron likes his peyote, really, Ron? Oh, I'm I'm learning a lot of new things about you.
2: Oh yeah, I'll talk to you about my uh, the peyote ceremony I went to in Tecate in uh, 2013. Well, Tecate, Mexico
3: my my whole opinion is we are made up of the elements of the earth we are connecting to uh, plant medicines and and the minerals and when you go to sleep at night every single person (laughs) (laughs) newborns to old they will produce chemistry in their brain when they sleep Mm -hmm. that are the same chemistry you find in these plant medicines that you're describing so our bodies naturally produce this chemistry for us to go into altered states of awareness so we don't need drugs we are the drug
1: there you go uh, we make our own drugs inside of our own yeah. body
3: that yes is
1: true endorphins and all kinds of stuff i will say though that i i do have a spiritual connection to the lathroid distillery in scotland uh, the peat that they use to make their scotch—I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as far as I go. You raised nice, well, it up, brother. <laughs> if anybody nice. wants to send me a, send me some Lafreug, if Lafreug yeah. would like to sponsor me, the P.O. box is on the website. <laughs> That's a paranoia com. Anyway, um, Jason, thank you very yes. much for coming on. It was uh, right. it was very interesting and illuminating. Um, I definitely want to have you come back on because I'd love to hear, you know, the the genesis of all this. I don't think we got to the genesis of where you started down the path and started down the journey. And I'd be very interested to hear that. Oh, yeah. i have to do part two for that one. But it's very late where you are. Yes. So we need to let you go to sleep and <laughs> <laughs> have some more dreams. Um, a, thank you very much for coming on. <laughs> no,
3: played. you're welcome. Great conversations. I will be back. And um, yeah, let's yeah, yeah, talk sure. gen- Genesis because I think we go down a lot of rabbit holes and some of them are not so nice and some of them are uh, very fruitful. So we should talk about it.
1: Uh, I'm a conspiracy nerd. I know those uh, those rabbit holes very well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> good, good, <All> right. good.
1: <laughs> well, that. that <laughs> That was another thrilling, amazing, splentacular episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, tell your friends go on paranoia magazine, uh, buy some t-shirts and crap. Um, it helps to support these various endeavors that Ron and I, uh, get involved in our shenanigans that we put out on our podcast. Uh, thank you again for, to Jason Quid for coming on. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, Ron, uh, we had a, we had a request, uh, mm-hmm. to discuss the Philadelphia experiment. So we need to track somebody down so we can have a, a good long conversation about the Philadelphia experiment. Uh, so I will, Ron is the uh, booker of guests. So I will, uh, let Ron work his That's magic. The book, yeah. Um, yeah, you're the bookie. Um, but again, thank you very much. Uh, tell your friends, on uh, on iTunes, uh, definitely give us a good review. Uh, you can find us on paranoiamagazine.com, SoundClouds where you find the podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, you know this. Paranoia Magazine, Twitter is paranoia mag, Instagram is paranoia mags. Um, and I had a Ron. I had a very fruitful conversation with Mr. Lobo tonight. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to be adding some more stuff to OSI seventy four. It's OSI74.com. Uh, Paranoia has been very lax over the last year of providing him content.
2: Oh. Um, but
1: we are we are going to be adding some content. I had a long conversation with him today about that. Uh, I was late getting on the podcast because of it. We were talking about Blade Runner. The minute that happens with me and Lobo, it just goes on and on and on. Um, and we're going to get Lobo on as well.
2: Oh, good. You guess who
1: else wants to come on Paranoia
2: Podcast? Who? Dr. Demento.
1: Really? Yeah. He'll come on. Dr. Demento. Yeah. We, we should get we, him on. And, uh, and also Philo uh, from the Subgenius. Uh, oh. He had okay. expressed some interest before. Right. Um, I never got around to getting him on, but I'll talk to Philo as well. Maybe we can... Do uh, Doctor Demento one one show, and then the next one we'll do Follow. That there's sounds like a genius winner. stuff. Too.
2: But I honestly would like to see Doctor Demento get onto the uh, OS I seventy four
1: network. Absolutely, I think I think uh, Mr. Lobo would be over the moon for that one because he, I'll tell you, if you if you like subgenius stuff, uh, there's a lot of new content. Coming out of the subgenius on osi i seventy four Philo has been Philo and the subgenius have been very, very active making oh, yeah. new stuff, not just rise, yeah, it's cool stuff. anyway, so things are in the work uh, works and yes, 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 go get Dr. Demento. Um, but again, everybody, thank you very much for listening in. Uh, we love our listeners. and as I said, we had a special request for uh, the Philadelphia Experiment, So let's get that hooked up. And uh, I think that's it. So as I always say at the, as I always say at the ends of these things, uh, go forth and be excellent to one another, Ron, and take good care and keep the faith. All right, everybody, good night, and uh, have a good tomorrow.
0: Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now. Paranoiamagazine.com Intro theme, The Guide, is composed by Scott Moon. Scottmoon.net Outro theme, Fighting Trousers, is by Professor Elemental. Elemental ProfessorElemental.com Voiceover over written and performed by Mr. Lobo, host of Cinema Insomnia. Watch new episodes on OSI 74. Visit us at osi74.com. We are resuming control. For now.